2: I was driving in my car listening to Sirius XM and the song America by Simon and Garfunkel came on. I've heard this song hundreds of times. I've played the song live. I love the song. But it wasn't until that moment when it dawned on
0: me. Let us be lovers when fortunes together.
2: This song has no rhymes.
0: I've got some real estate here in my back.
2: There are no rhymes. So I called you up, Clint, and mentioned it, and you had never noticed. (laughs) So today, we're going to talk about some songs you've heard, maybe a lot of times, but probably never noticed there are no rhymes. Welcome to the age-old question. I'm Rich Price. And I'm Clint Bierman. Each episode deals with another question in music fandom. The kind of questions that Clint and I have been debating since we were in college.
3: So today, with the help of some smart people, we're gonna come up with the answer. Okay Clint, what's today's question? Today's question is, what is the greatest song that doesn't rhyme? That's the age-old question.
2: Clint. Let's start with a song that came out in February 1991 from the band R.E.M. The song is Losing My Religion. (laughs) Love that song. The album, Out of Time, was such a big hit that it transformed the band's status from cult band to massive international act. The album topped the charts in the U.S. and the U.K., selling 18 million copies worldwide. The album had two big hits, Shiny Happy People. Remember that one? I do. Which featured Kate Pearson from the B-52s, another Athens, Georgia band.
0: Shining,
1: happy Meet me in the crowd. People,
2: people. And the band's biggest hit of their career, Losing My Religion. The song is based around a mandolin riff written by the band's guitarist, Peter Buck. And he was sitting watching television trying to figure out how to play the mandolin. And he decided to record the session of him just fiddling around. The next day, he listened back and most of it was crap, he said. (laughs) But amongst the awkwardness was this riff.
1: I do remember that Peter Buck was tired of being a guitar hero, and he didn't want to play electric guitar. So he started experimenting with different acoustic instruments and folk instruments, including the mandolin. That's the lead singer, Michael Stipe.
2: But we're talking about lyrics. Oh, life is bigger. It's bigger than you, and you are not me. The The lengths that that
0: I will go go to Distance in and-
2: No rhymes. and I'd never ever noticed
3: that this song doesn't rhyme. First of all, what are we talking about here? This is a crazy concept to have a song that doesn't rhyme. Right. As a songwriter, I don't think I would ever even contemplate writing a song that doesn't rhyme, just because I don't think that's how my brain works. Losing my religion is such a weird song, anyway. Right. Like, what do those lyrics mean? First of all, he doesn't even know. But the fact that it doesn't rhyme... It's like when somebody writes a great song in seven, right? And it doesn't feel like it's in seven. Like this... Right. It, this because we've listened to the song for 20 plus years and never noticed until now... Yeah. Means that he nailed it. Nailed it. Nailed it. What do you got? Okay. My first one. Alanis Morissette recorded Jagged Little Pill... In 1995 with Glenn Ballard. So Glenn Ballard's publishing company set them up. It was like a writing date. Yeah. And she's 19 years old. She'd been on the TV show. Uh, you can't do that on television. Is that what she was on? Uh-oh. With the green slime. I think she was like a child actress. Oh, like a Nickelodeon? Yeah, something yeah. like that. So shows up at Glenn's house and he said in 30 minutes they had already started. Like they had an immediate connection. Have you, do you know Jagged Little Pill? Are you hip to that record? Yeah, I remember it. I probably know the hits. Yeah. Yeah, and that's how I was, too. It's an all-star cast of musicians on the record. Like the Red Hot Chili Peppers play? Or Flea does some. Right. Maybe Chad Smith does some. Dave Navarro from Jane's Addiction plays guitar. Incredible musicians all right. around. The song that I'm choosing that doesn't rhyme is called Hand in My Pocket. You remember this song. Totally. So here's the lyrics. I'm broke but I'm happy I'm poor but I'm kind I'm short but I'm healthy Yeah
0: (laughs) I'm high but I'm grounded I'm sane but I'm overwhelmed
2: Did I know that didn't rhyme? It's not that I didn't know it didn't rhyme, it's just that I'd never thought about it, right? Which is the same thing, yeah. But, and the fact that I never listened to it and said,
3: Huh, that song doesn't rhyme speaks to it's done so effectively that you right. don't notice it, right? The human mind is programmed to want that rhyme, being able to do it in a way that doesn't shock the listener is a true art form. All right, give me another one. We both
2: love NXS. Oh yeah. But ever think about the fact that need you tonight doesn't have any right oh, Come on. What? So slide over here and give me a moment. Your moves are so raw, I've got to let you know you're one of my kind.
0: So slide over here and give me it-
2: Not a rhyme to be seen anywhere. The song was the first single on their 1987 album, Kick. Amazingly, it's the only in excess single to reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Listen to this, Clint. Andrew Ferris, who was the keyboard player, he said that he came up with a riff to the song while waiting for a cab to go to the airport to fly to Hong Kong. When the cab came, He asked the cab driver to wait a couple of minutes while he grabbed something from his hotel room. He ran up to his hotel room, recorded the riff, and came down an hour later with a tape and a really pissed-off cab driver. Wow! I mentioned it was from the album Kick. That was a huge record for me. Huge record for me. It came out when I was 11, you were 12 or well, 13. Yeah. And that record also featured New Sensation.
0: Gotta hold on, new sensation, new sensation
2: which, as far as I can figure, has little to no rhyme scheme, also. Hmm. Live, baby, live. Now that the day is over, I got a new sensation in perfect moments, impossible to refuse. Cool. Devil Inside, which does have an A, B, C, B rhyme scheme. Here comes the woman with a look in her eyes. She's raised on leather. With flesh on her mind. Yep. It's a
0: rhyme.
2: It's a rhyme. Yeah. And never tear us apart, which also has a semblance of a rhyme scheme. And
0: they could never, ever tear us apart.
3: But wait, yes. What were the biggest hits from Kick? Never Tear Us Apart, and Devil Inside. I'm saying the ones that rhymed were the bigger hits. Devil Inside has a rhyme. rhyme And Never Never Tear Us Apart has a rhyme. Does the human experience subconsciously need that rhyme rhyme to Mm. become a massive hit? I don't know. Interesting. My next one is There Goes My Baby by The Drifters. So it's a song written by Ben E. King the guy from, who wrote Stand, Stand By, by Me. Me now he was in The Drifters I didn't know any of this so the song's written by George Treadwell Lover Patterson and produced by Lieber and Stoller This was Benny King's debut recording as the lead singer of the group so reached number two on the billboard hot 100 and it was behind a big hunk of love big hunk of burning love by elvis presley oh so. so there goes my baby moving on down the line wonder where wonder where wonder where she is bound i broke her heart and made her cry now i'm alone so all alone what can i do what can i do it's funny when you read lyrics in prose form right? that don't rhyme. It's not a song. Like, how could you put that into a song? It makes you wonder what was written first. Like, was the music there and somebody top-lined it? Yes. Or did somebody just write these words and then the music went around the words? Right. That's a total... Boy. Right, because you'd look at those lyrics. If someone gave you those lyrics, you'd be like, That's not a song. Hey,
2: can you come back to me when these when these rhyme? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, come back when you have a serious offer. If I had been in the Drifters, I would have been like,
0: uh, couple, couple, couple. (laughs) First of all, wow.
2: First of all, wow. Great song. (laughs) Couple things. Couple things. Alright, we talked about the great songwriting partnership of Elton John and Bernie Taupin in episode 39. One of their biggest hits has no rhymes. Rocket Man. What?
0: I miss the earth so much. I miss my wife. It's lonely out in space. On such a time
2: Another one that I've listened to hundreds and hundreds of times and never thought about it once. It came out on the album Honky Chateau from 1972. There's a line in the song that has confused a lot of people. It's this song about an astronaut, and he says, It's just my job five days a week.
0: And all the science I don't understand
2: The song was inspired by a short story, The Rocket Man, by Ray Bradbury, about a future when space travel is so commonplace that astronauts are no longer considered heroes. They're just working nine-to-five jobs. At the 1978 Grammys, Bernie introduced William Shatner to perform Rocket Man (laughs) as some sort of monologue or beat poem. Have you seen this? Yes, it's so good. I'm not sure what the intention was, but here it is.
3: Oh, I miss the earth so much. I
1: miss my wine.
0: Sure. And I
1: think it's gonna be
2: But that's a great listening to it that way you yeah, can right. hear there's no rhyme. No rhyme.
3: This is the song on the night that I was going to propose to my wife, we did karaoke. Yeah. This was the song I did. Rockin'. I should know that this, I should know this song. I've played this song dozens of times. Right.
2: No rhyme. And this is, this is for me, another fascinating thing about Bernie Taupin and Elton John collaboration. That because those songs all started as lyrics first, and he gave sheets of lyrics to Elton, you know, you know, I've talked about the fact that Elton John songs don't have bridges. Mm-hmm. In part because the song is sort of constrained by how it was constructed by Bernie when he was writing the lyrics. Yeah. And Bernie maybe wasn't thinking about, like, okay,
3: we need a middle eight here. Right. So in this case, the lyrics are always first. So you're writing the song based on a f- syllable length. Because that's the other thing. Elton John puts a
2: bunch of notes on one word. Right? Not such a timeless flight. Lie.
3: Yeah, right.
0: On such a time, timeless flight.
3: The change of the music is after two lines of prose. So it's like he doesn't need the rhyme because the music changed. Interesting. That's interesting. And that is one of the all-time great songs. Yeah. Has to be in the in the running for one of the greatest of all time okay there's another one yeah Philadelphia Freedom by Elton John also no rhymes (music) this song I had no idea about but it is a tribute to Billie Jean King the tennis star in the 70s Philadelphia Freedom is obviously written lyrically by Bernie Taupin It was released as a single in 1975. It was the fourth of Elton John's six number one U.S. hits during the early and mid-70s. Elton John meets Billie Jean King at a fundraiser for something, and they immediately hit it off. And Elton John leaves the party and talks to Bernie says, I want to write a tribute to Billie Jean King. Go. I used to... So she was the number one player in the world at that time. And actually for the fifth time in the previous seven years. Do you remember the Battle of the Sexes? Exhibition match, do you remember that? Yes.
1: The following is an exclusive presentation of ABC Sports, live from the Astrodome in Houston, Texas, the tennis battle of the sexes, Billie Jean King versus Bobby Riggs. It's hard to believe, but probably more than 30,000 people are in this arena for an all-time record tennis audience anywhere in the world. Hello again, everyone. I'm Howard Cosell.
3: We're delighted to be able to... So as a 55-year-old man, he claimed that he could still beat a woman. So King was 29 at the time in a tennis match because it was a man's game. So on September 20th, 1973, at the Astrodome in Houston, they did a match televised worldwide, and she won, obviously. Many times Elton John would fly to the event where she was playing and be on the sidelines cheering her on which is awesome this time he couldn't go but apparently lost his voice screaming at the TV in his hotel room which is hilarious Bernie wrote all the lyrics to the songs but Elton John would often give him song titles so this is an example where he's like I want it Philadelphia Freedom I want that to be the title and now go work your magic And so they're like in the locker room before one of her tennis matches, and he walks in, has a cassette tape, plays her the song in the locker room, silence. And then after the song, she loved it. So, Oh Philadelphia Freedom, shine on me. That's the, yeah. Philadelphia Freedom is, uh, I didn't know much about that song. I can't believe it was a number one hit, and I don't even know it that well, but.
2: Okay, some other songs that, until this episode, I hadn't noticed it didn't rhyme. Go. Moonlight in Vermont. As listeners to this show know, we both live in Vermont. So this is a good one to discuss. Written by John Blackburn and Carl Seussdorf and first published in 1944. The song not only doesn't rhyme, but each verse is a haiku. Oh, wow. Which, as our learned listeners will know, is a type of poetry structure originally from Japan... That are generally three lines following a five seven five syllable pattern for example pennies in a stream falling leaves the sycamore moonlight in vermont pennies in a stream five syllables falling leaves the sycamore seven syllables moonlight in vermont five syllables a lot of performers have done this one nat king cole Ella Fitzgerald, Louis Armstrong, Frank Sinatra. But let's listen to Willie Nelson's version. Oh,
0: Penny in a
1: stream.
0: Fallen leaves, a sycamore. Moon Moonlight in Vermont.
2: It's from his 1978 album, Stardust.
3: I produced a record with the Dissipated Eight, which is couple, the acapella a cappella group, middle middle college. college that you were in yep. and that you led. And this was years later, maybe five years ago, I made a record for them in Moonlight in Vermont. Had you ever noticed that it didn't, didn't write? No. And God, I didn't know it was a haiku situation. Clearly, in this case, lyrics came first if they're a haiku because it was somebody's third grade project. <laughs> right, <to write. laughs>
0: right. Evening summer breeze, warbling on the lawn, moonlight in Vermont.
2: Oh, he's so good! He's so good, cool. oh, man. Willie won a Grammy for a track on this album. But it was a song about another state. Not Vermont. Georgia. Georgia. Georgia on my mind.
0: Georgia. Georgia. The whole day through.
3: Was that the concept for the record?
0: Just an old sweet song. I don't
3: think so.
1: Keeps Georgia. On my
2: mind But for what it's worth, George, On My Mind does rhyme. Big hit. Another song. How about Joni Mitchell's A Case of You? Hmm. Just before our love got lost, you said, I'm as constant as a northern star. And I said, constantly in the darkness? Where's that at?
0: Just before our love got lost, you said... I am as constant as a northern star, and I said constantly in the darkness. Where's that at?
2: If you want me, I'll be at the bar.
0: I guess that does rhyme.
2: Star and bar. Oh, yeah, that's a rhyme.
0: On the back of a cartoon coaster, in the blue TV screen light, I drew a map of Canada.
2: The song was on Joni's masterpiece album, Blue, written mostly about her breakup with Graham Nash. On the recording, she's playing an Appalachian dulcimer, Hmm. and James Taylor is playing acoustic guitar.
0: I drink a case of you, still be on my feet or oh, i would still be on my
3: feet i could drink a case of you and i'd still be on my feet that's a great lyric huh wow what do you got one of your favorite bands okay good crosby stills and nash yes sweet judy blue eyes doesn't rhyme it's also an epic tune that has four completely different sections. Dude. This is like one of the greatest masterpieces, in my opinion. I agree. One a song. Of, it's one of my all-time favorites. First of all, do you know what the tuning of this song is? Open e. E, e. 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 B. E. 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 <laughs> this song appears on their self-titled debut album in 1969 and was released as a single, reaching number 21 on the Billboard Hot 100 Pop Singles Chart. So the song was written about his former girlfriend, singer-songwriter Judy Collins. It's about their imminent breakup.
0: It's getting to the point where I'm no fun anymore. I am sorry. Sometimes it hurts so bad. You are mine you are what you are you make it
2: all. it's getting to the point where I'm no fun anymore I'm sorry sometimes it hurts so badly I must cry out loud I am lonely I am yours you are mine you are what you are
3: you make it hard it's yeah. very breakupy I mean it's 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 like sad when you read the lyrics like this.
2: And, like, actually makes me, like, love Stephen Stills, that he, as a man in 1969, is vulnerable enough to write, like, Sometimes
3: it hurts so badly, I I must cry cry out out loud. loud. I'm lonely. Sweet Judy Blue Eyes was the first song they played at Woodstock. Woodstock. Which is their first gig. First ever gig. First ever gig in front of 500,000 people playing this... Epic tune. That's super ballsy because this song is no joke. No
2: joke.
0: Don't let the past remind us of what we are not now. I am not leaving. I am yours. You are mine. You are what you are. You make it
2: hard. And to play it, play the guitar part, as you said, this crazy tuning, and then all these intricate vocal parts and harmonies, and many lyrics.
3: They're probably high, too. Right. Right? So they're. they're, you're going out in front of 500,000 people for your first gig yeah. about to do a four part suite with 800 lyrics the second section Friday evening Sunday in the afternoon what have you got to lose Tuesday morning please be gone I'm tired of you what have you got to lose
0: Friday evening, Sunday what have
2: you
3: got to lose so in that case what have you got to lose and what have you got to lose
2: is the rhyme is the rhyme can i tell it like it is help me i'm suffering listen to me baby it's my heart that's a suffering it's a dying help me i'm dying
3: and that's what i have to lose
0: can i tell it like it is help me, I'm listen so to okay. me baby it's my heart. I, yeah, what I have to
2: I've got an answer. I'm going to fly away. What have I got to lose? I've got an answer.
0: I'm going to fly away. What have I got to lose?
3: That's section two, right. This next chunk of lyrics is one of my favorite lyrics. I mean, chestnut brown canary, ruby-throated sparrow. Now comes the only rhymes. Sing a song, don't be long, thrill me to the marrow.
0: Chestnut brown canary, ruby-throated sparrow. Sing the song, don't be long, thrill me to the marrow.
3: So this this section actually rhymes. Voices of the angels ring around the moonlight asking me, said she's so free, how can you catch the sparrow?
0: Voices of the angels ring around the moonlight asking me, said she's so free, how can you catch the sparrow?
2: And you know this whole idea of like this alliteration Lacy Lilting Lady, Losing Love Lamenting.
0: Lacy Lilting Lady, Losing Love Lamenting.
2: It's around the same time he's written Helplessly Hoping, which is all alliteration. Yeah. Huh. So, and it's Stephen Stills
3: who wrote that as well. So like, somebody tipped him off and he's like, ooh, ooh, alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write massive hits now.
0: Helplessly Hoping, her Nearby waiting word.
3: And then the next section is in Spanish.
0: Right, like it doesn't
3: even make sense in Spanish, apparently. And that ends the sweep. That is a massive tune. With really unbelievably well-written lyrics. That don't rhyme. That don't rhyme. Generally speaking. Yeah. Right.
2: All right. I'm going to blow your mind. Okay. You and I are both fans of Sting. Yeah. How about this song from Ten Summoners Tales? You'll remember me when the west wind moves upon the fields of barley. You'll forget the sun in his jealous sky as we walk in fields of gold.
0: You'll remember me. On the fields of barley you forget the sun In his jealous sky As we walk in fields of gold
2: No
3: rhyme. Time out. <laughs> barley upon the fields of barley. That's the lyric? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the what fields of Bali Barley. <laughs> Like in Bali, like they, the farmers of Bali <laughs> had fields of gold. Wow. So they're just heard. Sure. Sting has described
2: the fields of barley near his English manor. He says, in England, our house is surrounded by barley fields. And in the summer, it's fascinating to watch the wind moving over the shimmering surface like waves on an ocean of gold. There's something inherently sexy about the site, something primal as if the wind was making love to the barley. That's so Sting. so Sting. By the way, Paul McCartney has said this is a song that he wishes he had written. Here he is talking to Jarvis Cocker a few years ago.
3: Is there a song you are jealous of
4: and wish that you had written? And if so, why? Or what is it?
1: Uh, Yeah, there's always a couple that I hear, you know, that I think are nice and I would like to. Um,
4: I liked Sting's Field of Gold. And I thought, you know what? I, I should have written that. <laughs> How dare he? Did you, did you let him know that? Yeah. Yeah? I told him, you stole my soul. <laughs> and I, I thought that was a nice one. You know? Wow.
2: That blew my mind that there was no rhymes there. Clint, should we go to the comments? I cannot wait. <laughs> Let's go to the comments. Eric Gorman writes in response to episode 42 on best stage names. He writes, "You forgot the greatest of all time." Okay. Perry Farrell.
3: Peripheral. <gasps> no. That just blew my mind. I Wait, know. is that a thing? I What? Peripheral. Peripheral. No.
2: Curtis Linder writes on Facebook about episode nine on the best cover versions of all time. He says, "Really great podcast, guys. Thanks, Curtis." I'm listening to the best cover version song. You bring up dreams. The main two are the Allman Brothers band and Mo- Molly Hatchet. Molly Hatchet, yeah. But the one between the link, if you will, is the Buddy Miles version. Whoa.
3: I can't wait to hear it.
0: Just one-
2: Cool. Thanks, Curtis. Paul writes on Facebook that our discussion in episode 21 on the Greatest Greatest Hits album should have included Elton John's Greatest Hits. Oh, man. Definitely. Hard to argue with that. Yeah, that may be a bonehead moment. Speaking of Elton John, we did an episode that asked, Would you rather be Elton, the rock star, or Bernie, the anonymous but very handsomely paid lyricist? Our listener Russ writes on Facebook, just listen to the Elton Bernie episode. You may want to listen to Limelight by Rush. In that song, Neil is writing about just this dichotomy and the perils of fame. It could be the theme song for that episode.
0: Living on a
2: Russ, thanks so much. We've said before and we'll say again,
3: Rush is definitely in our blind spot. Yeah, just don't know anything about Rush. So maybe this this is going to force us to deep dive into Rush. We're going to have to like yep.
2: open our minds yep. and, our, and our hearts yep. to Rush. Yep. Clint, remember in episode 46, we posed the question to our listeners, should we tape an episode in front of a live audience? Yes. Stephen K. writes on Instagram, your question about doing it live? Absolutely. I'd be there and bring friends. Suggested topic? Controversial bands who some love, some hate.
3: Hmm. I love it. I love it. Skinnered would fall in that category for me. That some people love? Yeah. And some people hate? But who hates Scannard? Well, I think it's more of the, right. the politicalization of And the Confederate Alabama, flag. And the Confederate flag at the concerts. And- yeah.
2: Clint... As most people know, we record our show in Vermont. Today, we're actually recording in an undisclosed location in Connecticut. (laughs) And we have a special guest. He's been a guest on the show before. We love having him on. He's one of my bandmates from The Sweet Remains, Greg Naughton, in studio. We've done more than 45 shows, and this is our first
3: live in studio guest. Wow. What's the greatest song that doesn't rhyme?
4: Ah, yes. Here's one that you guys probably... One of my favorite uh, artists is Ron Sexsmith. He's a great uh, Canadian singer-songwriter, and I've been a fan for a long time. For some reason, these lyrics go in my head all the time. It's called From a Few Streets Over. It's off of his... Debut album, uh, Mitchell Froome produced and the lyrics are
0: From a few streets over before the sun goes down, you can hear it come in closer to this dislocated shoulder of then holding crooked town.
4: There's a rhyme. There are But these, it's just but it's so it's, it's not really, where you want it. Right. He kind of screws with the rhyme scheme right. throughout, so you maybe that's why the song sticks in my head. I just love it's all really vivid, but then in the second verse he he gets a little more rhymey with uh,
0: In the man of plenty the money here is tight and the children here are many. If you do have any we'll park his van outside.
3: I don't know the song, but when you hear it spoken like that, it's the rhyme is in the wrong place.
4: That's like... Yes. And it's conscious, right? He's doing that on purpose. He's really a brilliant songwriter, so he definitely is. And I think, like, you know, as we are all students of songwriting and lyrics and such, a lyric kind of device that I really like is when somebody just breaks up the rhyme scheme. And they have you going a certain way. And then, to me, what spoils it is if they go a little too far with it and it gets too rhymey. And it kinda takes you out of like, okay, well they felt they had to find the rhyme there. And instead when they break it, it really kind of focuses your attention to that thought or that image. And conversely, if somebody is a slave to rhyming in a song, it 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 loses all right. Here comes car far. Yeah. Here comes (laughs) yeah. Like, well, that's not really you're not talking about anything anymore. You just sat down to try and write a song. (laughs) You just have a rhymer's dictionary. (laughs) Yeah. And you're just exactly uh, I'm sure you guys talked about All I Wanna Do Cheryl Crow All I wanna do is have a little- That's a famous oh, one. That's a famous really famous, famous one. one. Yeah. They were working on the album, uh, one of the best selling debut albums of all time. Straight up, so she went into, you know, break from the studio and she was in a store to just get some stuff. And at the checkout counter, she saw a book, like one of those sort of truck stop novel type books, and opened it up and just thought this was. Funny, they needed they needed lyrics for this oh. song they'd been working on. You know this jam that they had, and she just sang these over them, And they don't. I mean, they, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. But, but that's what's so great about right. it. It's one of those examples where it's almost so not artfully done. Right. That it. Uh, it's it's
3: bringing up. Do you know Tom's Diner? We would be boneheads if we didn't mention that song because that is the ultimate non-rhyme song. Oh really? I was standing at the counter when oh, right, right. like there's not a single rhyme in that entire song. The Cheryl Crow and that's like the for the benefit of Mr. Kite.
0: I like a good beer buzz early in the morning. And Billy likes to peel the labels from his bottles of Bud. He shreds
4: them on the bar that he likes every match in a box. It's really it's it's pro oh, it's, it's, it's about like a the, novel. it's about the guy at the
2: all I wanna do is have a little fun before I die, says the man next to me out of nowhere. It's apropos of nothing. He says his name is William. I'm sure he's Bill or Billy or Mac or Buddy. He he's plain ugly to me, and I wonder if he's ever had a day of fun in his whole life.
4: <laughs> the art in that though is finding that you know, those pros and fitting it and making it work the emphasis the that's rhythm a, of that's it. a genius of yeah. Paul Simon like yeah. he talks on a lot of his writing about how he would do that and try to artfully find you know the right syllable to hit and make that work
2: the story of Cheryl Crow that you just told of her hearing that line and it's sort of inspiring is similar to we've talked about this before but Mark Knopfler was sitting in like a electronic store in Times Square and he was just listening to some of the oh, workers yes, talking. Yeah, and they, they were watching MTV. And he's like, look at them yo-yos. That's the way you do it. You play your guitar on the MTV. That ain't working. <laughs> and so he just was writing down, down literally what he
4: was hearing. Did you hear them say money for nothing and your yeah, chicks for free? You get your money for nothing. You get your chicks
2: for free. And then... Oh, and
3: yeah, that <laughs> moment. You're like, it was pretty <laughs> Yeah. Like,
1: oh, look at them yo-yos. That's the way you do it. Play the guitar on the MTV. That's the way you do it. Money for nothing, and
2: free. But I was listening to that song on the radio a few weeks ago, and the lyric we got to move these color TVs, and I was thinking, our kids will have no idea what they're talking about. Color TVs. So, like.
0: We got to
2: At that time, it was like, hey, there's some black and white TVs over here, but then we got these brand new color TVs.
3: Look at this guy. Get him a meatball sandwich, yeah? That's all gone, for
4: sure. Here's a, th- a thought, though. Like, If you're talking about where does rhyming or not rhyming fit into great songwriting, and we talked about how something can be too rhymy and it can destroy it, an example uh, of really rhymey that doesn't destroy it. Maybe that's why this song is so great is Hallelujah. Mm. Um, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah. Mm. If you think about those, like the first verse, uh, No, I've heard that there's a secret chord David played and he pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor falls, the major lift, the baffled king composing Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. There's so much internal rhyme. But he varies the rhyme scheme enough, I I guess, to keep you from getting sick of it. But also the images within it are so strong yeah, that you yeah. never feel like he's cheaping out on the rhyming.
0: I heard there was a secret code that David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? Well, it goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall and the major lift, the
4: baffled king composing hallelujah. And but the no, baffled yeah. king composing hallelujah, then you And you, you baffled kind of, as yeah. the adjective is perfect. It, it just, it just, just shakes so that so all off of, yeah. and says, no, I'm actually writing about some real shit here. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah.
2: You talked about how the rhyme scheme the example okay. you gave of Ron Sexsmith where the rhyme was sort of falling on the wrong in the wrong spot right Eminem does that a lot where there's these internal rhymes and Lin-Manuel Miranda does it oh, can you do the oh, opening yeah, opening lines of, of Hamilton yeah
3: yeah. but I'm gonna do it in a Boston accent okay okay. <laughs> how does a bastard orphan Son of a whore and a Scotsman, dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean by providence <laughs> impoverished and squalor. Grow up to be a hero and a scholar. The $10 founding father without a father got a lot farther by working a lot harder, by being a lot smarter.
1: and <laughs> something like that. That's,
3: that's so That's brilliant. Peter from Peter, uh, from Peter Griffin. But...
2: Like that's an example where the rhyme there's lots of internal rhymes farther and farther and forgotten and spot in the you it's, know
4: yeah- bla- he's puts it in a blender, the rhyme scheme right. on it, it right. just keeps changing on you all the time, yeah. and that's what makes that brilliant and so repeatable, so something you want to sing and think about it, you know, as opposed to something where you just <Santarathority> that that that, 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 that. right. <laughs> schmibbidi boobity.
3: And Eminem has to be, I feel like before Eminem, hip-hop was very much like that. Right. But what Eminem did was, you didn't see it coming. Right. And so he snuck the rhyme so deeply into the middle of the phrase. Shocking. Can you give us an Eminem rhyme? His palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy, there's vomit on his sweater already, mom's spaghetti. He's nervous, but on the surface, he looks calm and ready to drop bombs. But he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down. The whole crowd goes so loud, he opens his mouth, but the words won't come out.
4: Bombs is brilliant, because bombs is the only thing in there that doesn't have a rhyme anywhere, mm-hmm. you know? he's got, uh, He's being very, very rhymy, and then he drops bombs, uh, pun intended probably. Yeah. And it it just lands hard, because it, right. there's no rhyme to it, really. Frickin genius the sweater already mom spaghetti he's nervous but on the surface he looks calm and ready to drop palms but he keeps on forgetting what he wrote down
0: the whole crowd goes so loud he opens his mouth but the words won't come out he's choking how everybody's
2: we were talking earlier we can't think of any songs that we've written that didn't have rhymes and it's just really interesting you mm. know Dylan, for example, it's really hard to find any song in his repertoire, and he's written hundreds and hundreds of songs with many, many, many rhyming verses. Very hard to find a song in his catalog that doesn't rhyme.
4: Well, if there is one, you better find it, or you're going to be doing a uh, Rich and Cleaner Boneheads next week.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Have you written a song that doesn't rhyme?
4: I will definitely drop in words in a spot that don't rhyme uh, on purpose, right? But... Because uh, for me and Clint, it's
2: subconsciously or unconsciously central to how we go about songwriting. Like
4: maybe even just on "Dance with Me," there's a there's a spot. Is this maybe I'm wrong? But uh, so if it, the opening is um, this old house is cracked and worn, the walls are faded and the curtains torn. Uh, sometimes it feels like we're running just to keep from falling behind.
0: This old house is cracked and worn. Walls are faded And the curtains torn Sometimes it feels like A rhyme just a key Falling behind
1: the Day is done So
0: won't you come Leave the dishes Turn the TV on I built this fire Yes and The fire is warm
4: So that yeah, Falling behind Does that rhyme There's no rhyme with There's a couple of no rhymes yeah. In there, right? Did you write the music first, or did the lyric, or were you fitting the lyric to a melody? I think it's a long time ago that one, but I think um, I had just the chorus. The chorus just wrote itself Dance. in my head, and then I had to write the verses. Yep. So, yeah, the verse was. Dance
0: with me to this song. Dance now, darling, Let your head run down. Dance with me all night Dance now, darling,
3: To this it, it would be fascinating to know what percentage of number one songs don't rhyme. Oh, Meaning man. like almost, how many, almost, almost none, none right? right? To be a number we're one smash.
4: About, we're talking about serious wordsmiths here. Right. The people that, that you go to for thoughtful lyrics, not necessarily hit songs.
3: I think Losing My Religion was a number one hit. There's a few. But they're few and far between, is my guess. Oh, I'd love... Yeah, I'm
4: going to have to listen to that again now.
3: That's me in the corner. That's me in the spotlight, losing my religion.
4: He's a brilliant lyricist. He really is. Oh, He's got a lot of great lyrics.
3: One song
2: we've talked about on this podcast before that you've brought up is Across the Universe.
3: Words are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup. They
1: Slither, slither
3: while up. they slip. They make their way across the universe. No rhymes. Some
2: internal rhymes, like possessing and caressing me or inciting and inviting me. Which
3: is the
4: same line. They were so brilliant with rhyme, right? And when you think about even like uh, Eleanor Rigby, it's got a weird, interesting rhyme scheme.
2: Eleanor Rigby picks up the rice in a church where her wedding has been, lives in a dream, waits at the window, wearing a face that she keeps in a jar by the door, who is, Who is it, it for? for? Like, so just,
4: yeah, you know, those right. little, just those little tag lines rhyme. The rest of them don't.
2: Father Mackenzie writing the words of a sermon that no one will hear. No one, no one comes, comes near. near. Look at him working, darning his socks in the night when there's nobody there. What does he care?
4: I always thought that was the coolest lyric, darning the socks and and as a kid i was like what does that even mean i had to look it up and it's like how what kind of madman thinks of that lyric darning i think is, it's just is sewing re- sewing thing, re- sewing socks. holes does norwegian wood does that rhyme or does that have like
2: it does have a rhyme so i once had a girl or should i say she once had me she showed me her room isn't it good norwegian wood
4: but it's totally screwing with the rhyme scheme like it's Stop. like we're I'm not going to rhyme oh that's In, interior rhyme there at the end
2: second verse has a totally different rhyme scheme she asked me to stay and she told me to sit anywhere I looked around and I noticed there wasn't a chair uh-huh. and then the third verse has even a different rhyme scheme I sat on a rug biding my time drinking her wine uh. we talked until two and then she said it's time for bed <laughs> so th- first three verses three different rhyme schemes
4: weird yeah that's cool And it feels that way. When you hear that song, it just has, um, it kind of keeps you thinking and listening because it's so unusual.
2: Well, Penny Lane is interesting rhyme schemes. Penny Lane, there is a barber showing photographs of every head he's had the pleasure to know. And all the people that come and go stop and say hello. So there's rhyme, right? On the corner is a banker with a motor car and little children laugh at him behind his back. And the banker never wears a Mac in the pouring rain very strange so the rhymes happen at the end of the verses
3: I think we're seeing a tr- I think we're seeing a trend I mean Paul's lyrics have that end rhyme right mm. he might that's, like to
4: do that huh that's three so did we do it, I, <laughs> <laughs> okay, it. Yeah.
2: thanks for joining us <laughs> L- live in studio
3: I <laughs>
4: oh, love it love it thanks Greg love you
0: guys of every head know say
2: So do we have an answer? The best song that doesn't rhyme? It's another impossible question, right? But I'm going back to the song that opened our conversation, America by Paul Simon
0: must be lovers, we'll marry we our fortunes together I've got some real estate here in my bag So we bought a pack of cigarettes And this is wagon of eyes And walked off to look for America
2: Kathy, I'm lost, I said, though I knew she was sleeping. I'm empty and aching, and I don't know why. Counting the cars on the New Jersey turnbike, they've all come to look for America. It's perfect. It's so... It tossed me a cigarette. I think there's one in my raincoat.
0: Toss me a cigarette. I think there's one in my raincoat. And the moon rose over an
3: open field. And the moon rose over an open field. That's the one part in the song that you notice that it doesn't rhyme, right? And I didn't notice that the rest didn't rhyme. Until that moment, you're and you're absolutely right. It's that is the I noticed, one moment. I noticed that that line doesn't right. rhyme. You're like over an open field. Okay, cool. But I didn't realize that none of it rhymed before then. The other thing about
2: this song, uh-huh. and this is a separate topic that I'm interested to get back to, is the idea of time signature. And this song is in six eight, mm-hmm. and there's something about this time signature that
3: I love, like. There's something about six eight one two three. Four, Your head, five, like you're six, bobbing one, two, it. It, it three, makes four, you five, think of six, what yeah, is it? I don't know. You've written many songs in the, six eight. The songs that I feel have been, in some ways,
2: most successful that I've written have been in six eight, which is fascinating. I say all the time, like a really one of my favorite songwriters told me recently that he's not been writing because he's just not inspired. And I get that. Like, sometimes inspiration helps make it easier. But you and I both subscribe to this idea that, like... Get your ass in the chair. Get your ass in the chair. Yeah. Pick up your instrument. Do the work. Do the work. And if you're feeling, like, uninspired with your guitar, and this is my advice to anyone out there who likes to write or is interested in writing, like, pick up a capo and, like, see what it sounds like to play, you know, a C chord capo 3 or try an open tuning. Yeah. Change one string. Or try something in 6'8". Yeah. Like, something emerges. Yep. Something always emerges. yeah
0: Kathy, i I said. though I knew she was sleeping. I'm empty and aching and I don't know why. Counting the cars on the new jersey turn they've all come to reform it.
3: One thing I do want to mention though is if you're listening to the podcast on a streaming site such as Apple Music or Spotify what would really help us out is if you rate the podcast and give us a review because that actually helps the robots find us it really does take a village and you guys are part of our
2: village share the podcast with one person, just one person when you're listening to this, text it to someone say hey, I like this podcast I think you might too
3: Did we do it? I think we did. I think we did. it. I think this, it's America, right?
2: It's America or it's Fields of Gold. Oh, yeah. I love both of
3: those songs. I'm going to say America. I would say Sweet Judy, Blue Eyes, and America. America's a perfect song that I didn't know
2: didn't, didn't rhyme. rhyme. We hope you had fun, as much fun as we did. And we hope you'll join us next time when we answer another age-old age question. question. Follow us on Instagram at The Age Old Question.
3: Facebook, The Age Old Question.
2: We hope this conversation has sparked some ideas and thoughts of your own. Let us know in the comments.
3: But let's be kind,
2: people.
1: Yeah. No hating. No hating. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.